0: Welcome to Strong Meat for Strong Believers, I'm Pastor Doug Johnson. I want to invite you to join me as we look at the issues facing us today and what God's Word says about them. Hebrews 5, 13 and 14 says, Milk is for babies, but strong meat is for grown-ups who can discern the difference between good and evil. At the end of the broadcast, I'll tell you how you can get a copy of this message for yourself. And now, grab your Bible and get ready for another helping of Strong Meat for Strong Believers.
1: So I've got a bigger amen corner today. Amen, kids? Y'all going to give me an amen? I'll give you some time. There'll be some times in the sermon you could give me amen, all right? So y'all can help me. Y'all can teach the older folks how to give a good amen. Hallelujah. I tell you, on the count of three, give me the biggest amen, the loudest amen you can. Ready? One, two, three. Amen! All right. Adults, they're going to show y'all up today, huh? The mic has been dropped. It's... It's on. It is on. Hallelujah. I don't know if your life is as busy as mine, but maybe you have caught yourself wondering, where does the time go? Anybody ever wonder that? Where, where does the t- It seems like things are happening so fast. It just seems like, you know, here we are in August. Uh, this year is almost three-fourths over, and it makes you wonder, where does all the time go? Well, I recently read a report From Priority Management Pittsburgh Incorporated, that conducted a year long research study and found out how the average American spends our time. The average person in the United States, if we live to be 75 years old, this is how we would normally spend those years. We would spend 23 of those years sleeping, we would spend 19 years working nine years total watching TV or other amusements, seven and a half years in dressing ourselves and personal care, six years total eating, six years traveling, and six months sitting at traffic lights. (laughs) The study also indicated that we spend one year searching for misplaced objects like eyeglasses and keys and stuff. It also says, anybody identify with that? (laughs) It also stated that we spend eight months of our life opening junk mail, five years waiting in line at banks, theaters, sporting events, stores, and also found that we only spend six months total worshiping and praying. Only six months total of a 75-year life spent worshiping and praying. Now, if these statistics are correct, it's easy to see that we spend most of our time on things that will pass away and only a fraction of our time is devoted to eternal things. That would also explain why so many people struggle through life wondering where is God. Because if we spend so little time with the Lord in our whole total life, it's easy to get sidetracked and get discouraged. Now, Paul said in verse 11, let's look at verse 11 again. He says, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Paul was saying we need to stop and think just a moment and realize what time is it Not only where does the time go, but we need to look at where we are right now and ask the question, what time is it? And so I want to ask you this morning, do you know what time it is? Because Paul tells us in that verse, he says, it is high time to wake up. Nudge your neighbor and say, wake up. It is high time to wake up. Now, what does he mean? He means, now now again, he's talking to the Christian believers of Rome. And he's saying that we need to wake up spiritually because if we slumber and sleep, if we do not spend a lot of time with the Lord, because while we sleep, the devil will creep into our families and he will cause division. He will creep into our churches and cause problems. While we have slept, the divorce rate in this country has gone up. While we have slept, the drug and alcohol abuse is at an all-time high. While we've been sleeping spiritually, pastors and ministry leaders are getting caught up in scandals and other things or just quitting. While we've been sleeping, and Paul says, knowing the time, it is high time to wake up. My friend, it now is the time for the sleeping giant, the church, to wake up and rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost. Can I have an amen, kids? There you go. Yes. It's time to wake up. That's what Paul was saying. But for that to happen, we need to spend a lot more quality time with God than just six months in a lifetime. We need to spend more time with God. You see, we need to be more spiritually minded because Paul said our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Jesus is coming back soon, and we're closer to his coming now than when we first got saved, when we first believed. Isn't it funny how it's hard to find what to say when praying, but have no trouble talking to friends? Isn't it funny how difficult and sometimes boring it may seem to read one chapter of the Bible, but how easy it is to read newspapers and magazines and even the internet? Isn't it funny how we need to know about an event at church two or three weeks ahead of time, but can change our schedule at a moment's notice for other things? Isn't it funny how hard it is to learn a fact about God to share with others, but how easy it is to learn and repeat gossip? Actually, it's not funny at all, is it? It's sad, isn't it? It's sad because, you see, friends, it's it's easy for us to find time for things that we want to do, that our flesh wants to do. We can find the time for that. But when it comes to spending time with God, it seems harder to do that. And the reason why is because the devil doesn't want you to grow up. The devil doesn't want you to spend more time with God. It seems in our society today that people care more about saving the planet than saving someone's soul. And I'm not against saving the planet, but what good is saving the planet if everybody goes to hell? We need to be about our Father's business, and that means spending more time with God. And the way we spend our time shows that our priorities are out of line because we spend more time on things that pass away than we do on eternal things. Now, I want to tell you something about God. God is not bound by time like we are. But he does have a heavenly timetable that he goes by. He has a heavenly time clock that he goes by. You know, in the Bible, there are some chapters in there that we call the begat chapters. You know, that's the chapters that said, this father begat this son and this one begat that one. And basically what it means is this one's the father of this one and then it goes down through there. I wonder how many of you have skipped over those chapters because maybe the names are hard to pronounce or, or it just gets boring after a while. Come on, how many of, you? come on, let's be honest. I've skipped over myself. All right, well, you're in good company. But here's the thing I want to tell you. I've learned Don't skip over those chapters. And I'll tell you why. Because there are things hidden in those begat chapters that you will miss if you skip over them. A prime example is the prayer of Jabez. The prayer of Jabez is hidden in the middle of a begat chapter. And Bruce Wilkerson saw it, wrote a book called The Prayer of Jabez, made millions of dollars because he didn't skip the begat chapter. Now, I want to show you something else that is hidden in a begat chapter, and this is going to help explain about God's timing. Now, in Matthew chapter 1 is where we're going. This, this begat chapter refers to the lineage of the Messiah, and so the first 16 verses is those begats. This one begat that one, and that one begat that one, and it's easy to skip over that, but it is so important, especially in this Chapter Matthew 1, because it's talking about the Messiah. It is so important that Matthew, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, adds verse 17 to not only summarize what has just been written in the verse 16 verses, but also to show you something about God's timing. Matthew chapter 1, verse 17 says this. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Now, some people would look at that verse and say, wow, what a coincidence. But can I tell you something? There's no such thing as a coincidence when it comes to God and his timing. Now, I want you to notice I want you to notice that there are three groups of 14 generations there. That's how it explains it in verse 17. Three groups of 14 generations. When you add those together, you have a total of 42 generations from Abraham to when Jesus was born. Exactly 42 generations. Now, how many of you know that seven is God's number? Seven is God's number. You'll find the number seven in the Bible almost 800 times more than any other number. Seven is God's number. The number seven means divine completion or perfection. For I'll give you a couple examples. God created the world in seven days. On the seventh day, he rested, which created a seven-day week for us and a day of rest known as the Lord's Day in which we are commanded to keep it holy. God commanded the Israelites to march around Jericho for seven days and on the seventh day to march around seven times and God gave them the victory. When the ark was built, God gave Noah and his family a seven-day warning before the flood came. The Israelites, when it came to the Feast of Unleavened Bread, had to eat unleavened bread for seven days and the seventh day was a feast to the Lord. It goes on and on throughout the Bible. The number seven is everywhere. Because seven is God's number. Now, the number six is man's number. Six represents man. Man was created on the sixth day. Revelation tells us that the Antichrist, when he brings about the mark of the beast, will be the number of a man, 666. It will be three times over. Even though he will be imbued with power from Satan, he will still be only a man. He's not God. He'll claim to be, but he's still just a man. So seven is God's number. Six is man's number. Now, why did I tell you that? Let's look back at those generations. Forty-two generations from Abraham to Jesus being born. If you divide those 42 generations by God's number seven, seven will go into 42 six times, which is man's number. The reason why is because Jesus was not only the son of God, but he was also the son of man. So even the 42 generations were there on purpose, so God's timing was perfect, and when it came the 42nd generation, he said, all right, Jesus, it's time for you to go, because you're my number, but you're also representing man, and Jesus came at the perfect time. Give God praise, and give him a Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says in Galatians 4.4, 4, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. It was perfect timing for not only God's timetable, but also for the earth's. We call it the incarnation. The incarnation means when God came in the flesh. Now, it doesn't mean that a human being became God. That's what Mormonism teaches. Mormonism teaches that you can actually continue and become a God yourself. That's not what happened. It's not what re- that's what reincarnation teaches, too, that when this life is over, you come back and live it again as something else, and you keep going till you learn all the lessons, and you become God yourself. Well, the devil is a liar. The Bible says it is appointed a man once to die, and after that we stand before God, the judgment. So, God, so a human being did not become God, God actually became a human. He came down to this earth. It was the night when God stepped out of heaven and entered history. And because of that, God, when He entered history, He split time in half, BC and AD. Because even though God is not bound by time, when God shows up, it changes time. Hallelujah. He changes everything about us. Praise God. And for the first time since God created the universe, he was making a special connection with mankind. God, who is not bound by space and time, decided to step into space and time so that we could have a person to relate to. Instead of sending a prophet or an angel, he came himself down here to experience what we experience. Jesus lived and he grew up just like a human being. He saw suffering and he brought healing to suffering. He saw those bound by sin and he brought deliverance to those who are bound by sin. He is the perfect high priest. And I want to tell you something. God's timing to help is always when it looks like there's no way out. When you're at the end of your rope, that's the best place to be because that's when God loves to show up because his timing is always perfect. It was when Isaac was bound on the altar, Abraham had the knife in his hand, and his hand was stretched out, ready to come down. That's when Jehovah-Jireh, God, provided a lamb. You may be at the end of your rope, but God's getting ready to show up and be Jehovah-Jireh for you. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but you ought to give praise because his timing is perfect. You see, God is not bound by time, but his timing is always perfect. The Bible also says that a day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years to the Lord is like one day. In other words, time and space are irrelevant to God. He's everywhere at the same time. It doesn't mean that God can be in more than one place at the same time. It means God always is Everywhere at the same time. Right now, God is here in Raven, but he's also in China. He's also in Russia. He's also in Iraq and Iran. God is everywhere, and he's also in heaven, and he's everywhere at the same time. Let that blow your mind for a minute. He is everywhere. He's also in the past, present, and future right now. He is everywhere because time and space are not bound to God. Hallelujah. He's not bound by it. He can be everywhere at the same time. It's not that God moves the speed of light so he can travel quickly. No. He's already there. He created the speed of light. Hallelujah. You see, we don't have a God who is far off in outer space somewhere. We have a God who became one of us. He understands you very well, and he knows how you're feeling this morning. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 4, 16, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need hallelujah my friend it is time that we understand that when you're in a time of need god can be reached by just simply calling out his name we've got shootings going on in america right now there are families who are grieving this morning because of two shootings that took place just this weekend but i want to tell you that god is right there with them now if they'll call on his name he is there and he will give them comfort And he is here with you today, and he will give you comfort today. You might be listening to me this morning. You might be thinking, you know what? That's all fine, Pastor Doug, but God's too late to meet my need. I've been praying for so long, and if he had met my need when I first asked him, it would have been fine, but it's too late now. I don't need him now because they've already started the foreclosure on my house. They've already started doing this, and I've already lost my job. God's too late. Let me tell you something. God is never too late. Jesus was late. He was four days late for Lazarus' funeral, but he was right on time for his resurrection. Can I tell you something? If you lost your job and God didn't provide, didn't help you keep it, it's because he's got a better one in store. He's getting ready to bring a resurrection to your finances, a resurrection to, who am I preaching to today? Somebody give God a big amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He's a good God. He might have been too late to stop Daniel from being thrown in the lion's den, but he was right on time to shut the lion's mouth. He may have been too late to stop Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from being thrown in the fiery furnace, but he was right on time in the middle of the fire with them, and he protected them. I want to tell you, he could have stopped it. Yes, he could. But if he didn't, he's in the middle of it with you. Somebody give God praise because the time is right. And he'll be right on time every time for you. Do you believe that today? Paul said, know the time. It is high time to wake up because our redemption, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Look at verse 12 again. Verse 12, he says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. What's he saying here? He's saying we've overslept. We're late for work. It's time to jump out of our spiritual beds and put on our spiritual work clothes that be clothed with the armor of light and get out in the harvest field because I want to tell you, it's easy being a Christian in church. Anybody can act like a super Christian for two hours once a week. Come on, somebody. But you see, that's not what God's looking for. We need to let our light shine Monday through Saturday. We need to live the life every day. We need to stop showing people our programs and our formalities and start showing them Jesus. Let them see Jesus in us. You know, many people talk about what they're going to do, but they don't have a timeline to accomplish it. Time is important. God has given every one of us 24 hours every day, seven days a week. We all have the same amount of time. And I started this message by sharing with you how much time we actually waste without even realizing it. We could accomplish so much more if we would take the time and set a timeline to accomplish what we want to accomplish. You see, the danger of ambiguity is not being specific when you set a goal. It's like, a, it's like a business. The president comes in and says, we need to have better customer service. Well, what does that mean? And how will you know when you get there? If you don't have a specific goal, if you're being ambiguous about it, if you're, being, if you're not being specific about it, no one will ever know when you actually get it or even how to achieve it. You might be listening to me this morning. You think, you know what? I want to be a better person. All right? What does that mean? For you, what does that mean? How will you know when you get to that place? How will you know? Do you have specifics? Do you have a timeline in place if you're wanting to lose weight? Put a timeline on it by this date. I want to lose this amount of weight. Put a timeline on it because it'll help you achieve the goal. Because if all you go through life is say, I need to do better, I want to do better, but you don't get specific with it, you never will get better. Amen. God has a timeline, and if God has a timeline for everything he does, we need to have a timeline. And here's how it starts. Put God first in every area of your life and ask him to help you set goals to use your time wisely. Don't run ahead of God, and don't lag behind him. Walk right beside him. Hallelujah. Because the same is true in sports. You know, a football game would become boring if it wasn't for the clock. And I know the last two minutes of a football game could last 10 minutes, but it's still the most important part of the game. The clock is still ticking down. You've got to make a decision. You're down by seven points. What are you going to do? If it's not for the clock, you don't have You can just take your time. But the clock is ticking. My friend, God's clock is ticking. It is winding down. Jesus is coming soon. The countdown has begun, not just for the rapture of the church, but the clock is ticking also for the end of our lives on earth. Can I tell you something? I've been preaching for over 30 years now. Yes, I started as a baby. And I can tell you this. I've been by the bedside of many people when they were dying, and I have never heard someone dying say this, I wish I'd spent more time in the office. Not one time have I heard, ever heard anybody dying say those words. You know what I have heard them say? I've heard them say, I wish I'd spent more time with my family. Where's my family? Give my family, call the family in. I need, I want to see him one more time. I want to say goodbye. I wanna that's what the why do we wait to the end of our life to get our priorities in line? Why do we wait till things get bad and then we start praying more? Why don't we start spending more time with God now? Get your priorities lined now, set a timeline, and be that Christian that Jesus died to make you. Hallelujah. Because time is ticking away. Are you ready? Is your family ready? Paul said it is high time to wake up because now is salvation nearer than when we first believed. Look at verse 13 again. He says, let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. When Paul said, put on the Lord Jesus, what he meant by that was this. We are to play the part of Jesus wherever we go. You know how an actor or an actress, when they get a role, they will become that character if it's a true life if it's based on a true life uh, person a real person they will try if that person is still alive they will meet with that person and they will try to pick up their characteristics and and even little ticks and habits they have and, and the way they speak they will mimic them so that when the camera is on they become that person and that's what Paul is saying here he's saying you are to become play the part of Jesus Every day. When you walk into a room, it should be like Jesus just walked in the room. When you conduct a meeting at your business, at your work, it should be like Jesus is conducting the meeting. When you pay your bills, it should be like Jesus is paying his bills. When you go on vacation, it should be like Jesus going on vacation. You are to play the part of Jesus every day. You see, it's time that we stop trusting in our way and start doing it God's way christ must become the center of every christian's life and every home and every church because if not the cracks in the foundation wall will never get fixed you know cracks in a wall means there's trouble with the foundation when you look at the world today in our nation you see cracks everywhere there are moral cracks there are marital cracks there's parenting cracks Societal cracks, even crack cracks. There are cracks everywhere. But I want to tell you, until we get our foundation fixed, we'll always be patching up cracks in the wall, wasting time, money, energy. You got to start with the foundation, and the foundation's name is Jesus. You see, it's important to recognize the moment that God is calling you. The fact that you're listening to this, this message today is not an accident. This is a divine appointment. A lot of things had to fall into place for you to be here this morning. A lot of things had to come to place for you to even find this podcast and listen to on the internet. A lot of things had to come into place just for you to get this CD and listen to it, my friend. Because timing is everything and God's timing is perfect. And so Paul asked us, he said, do you know what time it is? And I close this message asking the same question. Do you know what time it is? It is time to wake up and stop playing church. We need to be the church. It is time to let God break up our fallow ground and sow seeds of righteousness. It is time to seek the Lord with all our heart. It is time to rebuild the foundation of our families and our churches so that our nation can come back to God again. Hallelujah. That's what time it is. It's time to say, God, help me to be a better steward of my time. Help me to set a timeline for the goals that I need to make in my life. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, God says, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. That's what time it is. Today is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation.
0: This has been Strong Meat for Strong Believers. If this broadcast was a blessing to you, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at revivalfire29 at yahoo.com or call me at 964-5333 and visit Raven Assembly of God's website at ravenag.org and find out more information about our church. This is Pastor Doug Johnson reminding you to keep your head up. God is on your side. And join me next time for more Strong Meat for Strong Believers.